Welcome to the Big Break Software Podcast. We'll be talking with software startup founders, software coaches, and consultants, and how they found their own software success. And now, let's get started with the show. Hi, everyone. This is Jordy Wardman here, host of the Big Break Software Podcast, where I talk to top leaders in the software field like Seth Godin, Andrew Warner of Mixergy, and many more. This is a show where we talk to proven founders about their 0 to 30,000 MRR journey and beyond. Today's episode is brought to you by OneStop.io. We have 45 developers waiting to take your idea to fruition. If you want a reliable full-stack development team with top talent that costs half as much as in-house developers, and you know you can trust your SaaS or mobile app with us. We'll give you the first 30 days no risk, and we guarantee being on time and on budget, or we finish the project at no extra cost. Contact us at onestop.fm, and let's talk about your SaaS MVP project today. Before introducing today's guest, I want to give a thank you to Arlie Kidd of Lemon Pie. She wrote a killer outbound sequence to get James on the show, including a handwritten thank you note she's going to be sending to Europe. I wanted to give her a shout out for introducing me to today's guest. Today I have James Antra of Shuffler. James is CEO and founder of Shuffler, a SaaS that is the next evolution in presentation management, enabling the creation of new PowerPoint presentations from all types of files, including video, MS Office, PDFs, images, and of course PowerPoint. James is going to tell us about his early days, about how he formed the idea of Horus how he navigated the water to survive and thrive to solid six figures monthly recurring. How are you today, James? Hi, Jordy. Good to have you here. Good to be here. Yeah, pleasure. So tell me about your background. You you mentioned in before the show was going, you you were sort of a presentation expert. What does that mean? Late 90s, I joined a tech company that made CD-ROMs, and CD-ROMs are basically slides of content where people bounce around in an interactive ma manner. As the web blew up, we maintained our consultancy in presentations. We worked with, we made uh, exhibits in Epcot Center. We helped NBC sell their Olympics presentations you know, advertising. Warner Brothers and ABC, all the media companies used us for integrating video and slides and data into a presentation. As a great consultancy, that was great through the years. But with the democratization of video production and YouTube and things like that, the, our value equation dropped like a rock in around 2008 to 2009. And we used our expertise to build a piece of software that helped our clients make better presentations. We called it PPT Shuffle. And the basic function was you can look at your PowerPoint slides and drag a video in and save it. And that helped the people out in the field make better presentations, slide, slide, video, slide. As time went by, we turned it into a much more complete system for content management. Okay. And that's the SaaS shuffler that we're going to be discussing Correct. today. Okay, great. Can you tell me, I, I think this is really interesting that you went from consultancy to SaaS because uh, obviously I interview a lot of SaaS owners and I would say about half of them seem to do that. So I, I want to go into that. Uh, can you tell me how, first of all, how you came about to start the consultancy? Was it just like you as a freelancer? I mean, t let's start off the story with just learning a bit a bit more about your consultancy business. Okay. Our consultancy was a combination of software and services. 
we were able to make high-end graphics and video and we had our own software on the side that helped integrate it into slide libraries. Big companies could make a library of slides, which is their corporate story, and allow people to shuffle them into new presentations, the people out in the field, and reuse that content. It was a very high-end piece. I mean, our, our clients were, you know, it was a high-end piece. It was a nice consultancy we had. Mm -hmm. So in doing that, it created, we became experts in the process of presentation workflow. And by listening to the clients, we were able to systemize that presentation workflow. And in turn, we were able to turn it into software, something that they were willing to pay monthly for, as opposed to, I have a pre big presentation next month and the bill is 50,000 month grand and it's all hands-on. We're doing video and animations and we're sitting behind the screen and pushing it through. That was great business, but no one does that anymore. No, no. Is that what you said was sort of died in 2008? Did it have, yes. Was it, was yes. it with the economy? Was, there, was it the economy forcing that to happen? Like your enterprise clients were trying to cut budgets and stuff like that? Or, or was it just, just something that was happening in the marketplace? I think it's a combination of both. Yes, the economy kind of fell apart at the time and everyone looks to budget and things like that. But I can recall a, a meeting at ABC, who was our client. We were helping the television station sell their advertising and we were invited into a sales meeting and a cocky young salesman tossed the CD on the table and said, my grandmother made a better DVD than our sales presentations for our... And I said, oh my God, it was their company picnic, their, their family picnic. Their grandma made a DVD for it and it had all the pictures and everything. Mm -hmm. And my jaw hit the ground and our whole business model changed that afternoon. <laughs> because it, the were, value they, or it was literally like a, somewhat like a 13-year-old could create better presentations because the software had become so sophisticated. Was it YouTube or what was the... Uh, well, it was what, a combination of C, every new PC had a DVD burner in it. And uh, when okay. that happened, it allowed okay. everyone to take their little videos and put it on one DVD and have an interactive way of structuring that story, i.e. Okay. our family picnic, our family reunion, our trip to Disney World, and they put all the pictures and videos in it. In a way, each picture, each video is a slide. It tells a story. It's a uh -huh. storytelling piece. And that basic structure kind of shattered the consultancy of high-end you know, presentations at that type of, you know, time and place. Right. And okay. um, with the ability to publish at YouTube, my clients recognize that $50,000 for a high-end digital animation really doesn't move them because, you know, a lower quality one is free on YouTube and that's okay. It got the point across. Yeah. And that, um, and that changed everything. Okay. So what did you do then? So uh, we're... It, you weren't immediately out of business, but this is sort of you. You we weren't saw the immediately writing, out of business. You That's saw right. the writing on the wall, and you were like, "Okay, we gotta, we gotta change things here, and pretty quickly." So uh, you started to build the software. Is that is that? I mean, were you thinking well, SaaS at the time, or what was the uh, idea? I made a mistake in the first round. I should have went SaaS in the very beginning. I made a a single tenant. Uh, slide library for PowerPoint and video, so people could see the slides and drag and drop. Basic premise is uploading files, having them formatted to present. When they're formatted to present, you can reuse them in new slideshows. That basic premise still stands the same. We created PPT Shuffle just to help 
the salespeople put a video into PowerPoint and make it work. Because mm-hmm. that, that was really hard at the time, amazingly. And that first feature, we built a piece of software out and we sold it. We did pretty well. And you know we paid our bills and kept moving through. But by 2012 and the device generation and responsive programming, it became imperative that what we, we didn't go down the right track. And I remember stopping and saying, I'm not doing any more development on this thing again and starting from scratch on Shuffler. And okay. uh, the name wasn't even Shuffler at the time. It took almost nine months of development before we really solidified the full name. Okay. But so, you had PPT Shuffler that was sort of branded with your company yep, at that time. That is so. correct. That was okay. We went from, it was Entre Presentations, which uh-huh. me and my sister, or the founders were still partners in Shuffler here today, yep. went to PPT Shuffle and evolved into uh, Shuffler. Okay, great. Okay, so, so um, tell me about that process and were, were you still at that time making consultancy revenues to help fund the software or was it, what was the, what was your situation like? I guess we're looking at now sort of 2012, 2014. You said you launched Shuffler in 2014. Is that right? Correct. Correct. Yes. Was the agency we- still running at that time? Yes. Yeah. We maintained, I mean, we're, we're a bootstrap company. We've always paid our Mm -hmm. bills. We've always paid, made payroll. We keep the lights on. We have an office. We've always had an office. So we've always had clients. We have a, we have expertise in the field, which makes a big difference in landing those first SaaS clients. Because if you don't have that juice, that expertise in the field, it's hard, hard to convince a large company to go with you. How do you mean in the field? You mean the sales team? Oh, in the field, I mean in the industry. I had clients who respected me for helping uh, implement presentations on a large scale. So when we came to them with a different type of option that was within the presentation field, we were recognized and allowed to go through it. And, you know, our principles and beliefs and what we built has real value. and, And, you know, that first sale is the hardest thing because you know, SaaS companies go from, it's highly improbable to, oh my God, I can't stop it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, <clears throat> so tell me about those, those first, did you take some of the agency clients that you had and, and, and slowly convert them or what was the process for you to bring them over to the software? Tell me about building um, the software, I think. And, and then, well, uh, for, first, yeah, we had, uh, there was a small team of us, just four of us actually working on the software. And we were constantly patching the old version for a whole bunch of clients that had it in their own networks and, and it wasn't available. And it was, it was difficult. It was a .NET platform. It was single install. It was difficult. Um, yeah. In doing that, we were all becoming frustrated kind of at the same time. And when we made the decision not to work on it, Yes, we made the decision to work on something else moving forward, but we never made the decision to leave a client behind. We always took care of our clients and moved them over one at a time when they were ready, when we showed them that we've got there and uh, this is what it is. Because I don't, it, it, you know when you go from one, an old software to a new one, people are ingrained in the processes of the old one and sometimes, even if it's more efficient, it's hard for them to see it right off the bat. And uh, so every single client we took over, we handheld personally, one by one. 
And so, so, so that was converting from PPT Shuffler to the new Shuffler. Is that what you're talking? Correct. Some of Correct. it was the consultancy, which you were doing some handholding, probably some customization, still doing some design, some, yeah, layout, yeah, still doing is the some colors right. Right, right. That makes sense. Okay. So even even event marketing, showing up at events with screens and projectors and and setting up and doing that type of work um, okay. as a startup company. You you do what brings in the in the revenue. We we right. did all of that type of stuff, and that I think it provided sense. a depth to our understanding of what we're doing now. Okay, and so that funded the MVP. Do you remember how long you were working on Shuffler? Thirteen you, months before I got my first client. Thirteen months. Okay, so paying at that client, time, correct? Okay, paying client, and so during that time, are you a developer? Not personally, I'm, but I I drive development. I I do okay. UI, so were, UX, were, layout. I'm an expert. Okay. I'm I'm a CEO. I'm an entrepreneur type. Right. So you're more of you were you were the stakeholder, project manager. Paid the bills. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And you drove the drove the deliverables and and promised the deliverable to the client on the other end and balanced those very first times when the deliverables didn't exist and sold it and delivered it and pushed everyone. Yeah, that's yeah. my role. Okay. Okay, perfect. Uh and and where was did you have the PPT Shuffler was .net. What is the stack for Shuffler? It's .net, but it's uh it's, it's uh, on the cloud. Bootstrap on the front, it's on yeah, the cloud, okay. it's yeah. responsive, it's uh you know, all the things you need to be proper with devices and everything looks nice. Okay, that makes sense. So did you use the same developers to convert from PP to Shuffler to Shuffler? Was it the same dev team or did you have to bring in? Uh, it evolved. Key people, like the original dev team was not the key dev team on, the, on Shuffler, but people who came in in the process became the leaders of Shuffler. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Are you based out in New York? Is that what I um, We're in West Palm Beach. We used okay, to be in New York. Okay. We okay. moved from New York. Yes. Okay. So, and at that time you were in New York because you made it sound yes. like, I guess maybe you were walking across town to see ABC and. Yes, um, that is correct. Our offices have been in Manhattan all of our lives. And um, as such, you know, we went, went under the Frank Sinatra role. You can make it there, make it anywhere. Did a yeah. lot of prestigious stuff and, you know, did really good work with really high, how should I say, really, you know, intelligent high profile high stakes sales i mean yeah learning the understanding yeah, between a, an analytical sale and an emotional sale and translating uh -huh. that into a slide library and helping people use it is what the the trick of technology to product is all about yeah that's right and it's not cheap running in a, an outfit out of manhattan either so i mean <laughs> no imagine the no, revenues are the rev and you've got a full you know you've got a decent sized team so you must have been you know, I would imagine close to a million in revenues, if not over, uh, to be able to do that and then fund the MVP for 13 yeah. months. Because right? the MVP wasn't, wasn't making any money during that 13 months. So I imagine the consultancy was running, funding that. Mm -hmm. And then, and so any sort of loose idea on the, on the cost of that? Can I say maybe one hundred and twenty thousand or something? I would say probably more. We probably kept a consistent of about twenty five thousand dollars investment over those thirteen months. Like twenty five there was a, a month. Yeah, so it was a, okay. like four or five people working okay, yeah. just on that okay, so with like their heads two, down, and you know, three hundred. Okay. So and, yeah, and, yeah, and and that had to be supported 
during that period of time because as you know with no revenue that's that's painfully negative <laughs> yeah yeah of course of course um so so how are you getting feedback during this time that's a big commitment i mean were you I've, did you onboard any customers to get some product feedback because that's kind of a big gamble for you isn't it huge gamble yeah. yeah. Um, I've been working on this product. This product, ironically, is not much different than what we delivered in CD-ROM form in the late 90s. Okay. And it's the basic principle of managing slides and presentations as a communications medium with a strategy around those slides so that people on the front end can use and reuse those slides and make more compelling stories that are also compliant and concise and up to date. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm thinking uh, right now in the marketplace around that time, maybe it's a bit later, there was SlideShare. Is that a competitor of yours? It, it was. It is in a way. I think there, there's actually a lot of seven or eight companies in this space who have seen the opportunity, but not like some have been overfunded and hired 100 people and then burned out and didn't care about and SlideShare. There's a, there's a whole variety of them. Yeah. Um, is SlideShare one of just, those? Because they were big for a while, yeah. weren't they? Yeah, well, they but, yeah they were overfunded, and then they dropped back. They saw the market, but maybe the market wasn't ready for when they funded it. Right. Right now, it seems to be happening. I've been in this space for 20 years. I've written a book called Presentation Management that's available on Amazon. And, and because of that, it's the same strategies that were in place 20 years ago. Um, I'll take a step back just to kind of, you know, I know this is SaaS and everything, but like advertising, o David Ogilvy, are you familiar with him? Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah. Master, he, master co copywriter. Yeah. Yeah. He convinced corporate, the world that if you gave him your advertising dollars, your sales dollars, your marketing dollars, you will get better creative, better placement, better advertising, better promotion, and you in turn can sell more widgets. Uh -huh. Many companies that created the whole advertising industry. But what was the advertising industry? He created systems for managing TV, radio, billboard, print, the web after he was gone. Yeah. That's, and in each one of them, they got strategies. You can take TV, for example, the Super Bowl, decided to get a, a Hollywood star in an exotic location, great director, and make it funny and put it on the Super Bowl in 15 seconds is now worth $5 million. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. That's a strategy that's been used. But Really, it's a strategy for communications. That's five mediums of communications I named, TV, radio, billboards, print, and, and the web. Mm -hmm. Presentations are the only medium left that human beings have been using to communicate that isn't being managed. That's Think true. about it. I mean, yeah. I mean, they, they wrote on cave walls. That was a mm -hmm. presentation. Yeah. If you've walked through any type of spiritual uh, house of worship, they have stained glass on the walls that are slides to tell the message of whatever their religion is. That's how they communicated to the masses what they believed in. That's a form of presentation management. Mm -hmm. um, to take it to today is that presentations are just a, a digital image. It's a slide and it, a presentation is, a, is just a digital image that you can shuffle up and reorder and to retell a story in a convincing way. This is about corporate storytelling. This is about mm -hmm. structured storytelling, putting all your slides in a proper structure so that people can reuse them. Think if you had, 
I don't know, if you had 500 slides to tell your whole company, who you are, what you do, your products, your services, the details of it, the technology, your offices, case studies, and no one's ever going to use all those slides in one meeting. But if people could, in your company, 500, 1,000, 10,000 globally, could go to that library and say, I'm doing a presentation, and they can pull down 10 or 15 of the published slides. Oh, I'm talking to Gordy, Jordy, Jordy today. He's in, I don't know where you are, but uh, where are you? You're in Switzerland. Yeah. So, yeah. oh, we have a basal office. My my client Roche is actually a global company and we you know, bring that together. So I'm going to bring in the Switzerland slide and tell about our case study in Switzerland. Yeah. Okay, now so that's my, the shuffler I see. So you're- That's you're, right. That's your unique user proposition really. Is that what differentiates you from, from the other six or seven- Stances in the market? Yeah, we're pretty much, we're, we are the full strategy workflow from creation to distribution to presentation to tracking, reporting. Social is built in it. So when you upload a presentation, every slide's visualized. So just like a, a post on Facebook, if you uploaded a PowerPoint with 50 slides and slide 13 had the word international spelled wrong, you know, you might not notice it, but I'll tell you, a salesperson on the front end is going to notice it and they can just type right in, hey, international spelled wrong. If you yeah. uploaded it and that was your responsibility, you'd go, oh, it is. You would fix it. You would upload it. In presentation management, there's a relationship that overwrites the existing slide. And also, it since we know who used that slide, yeah. that's right. And people who use that slide now get a message that, that it's been updated. They see okay. it side by side and said, oh, yeah, it is. I'll accept that. And their yeah. presentation's updated. But what okay. that does is give you real business intelligence of who's using what, where, and when to tell what message. If okay. James is the worst salesperson and Jordy's the best, Jordy talks about the features and benefits. I can see he always talk. Slide three is always the one that talks about the, the benefit to the client. James's slide three is about the founding of the company. Yeah. Very okay. quickly, we can, we can bring that out in a corporate meeting and start directing your communication message to the more compelling outcomes. Okay. This is about communication management more than just a technological SaaS company. Right, or, or just d delivering you know, animated uh, presentations. That's right. It's not yeah. just you know, putting out a file library and, and having a repository for all your marketing materials. Mm -hmm. It's set up like, like Amazon where each marketing material has its own SKU and you just choose it and put it in your shopping cart. We call it a slide tray. You hit how save you and you got a new one. How did you come to realize that that was important? Was that in? Was that always something that the clients were asking, or did that evolve with your clients? You know? Don't really ask for what they really need. They mm -hmm. hint around and tell you their problems, mm -hmm. and after doing it with dozens and dozens of companies, you you pick up on the patterns. I'm lucky enough to be a subject matter expert on this strategy. And as such, I, I have experience going back to when things really worked and when they didn't, and all of that's integrated into it. I, I can't say that there was any big moment, strike of lightning that said, this is the product to go do it. Uh -huh. But we carefully listened to the problems and, and tried to make solutions that handled everybody. The okay. problems are consistency of brand, consistency of message, and uh, ensuring that people are saying the right thing to the right people at the right time. People don't know who's saying what to whom, when and where. Okay. I want to go back to the, the launching of the app. Tell me about your first customer. Was it uh, a current existing client 
that you brought over? Or was it no, ironically, no. It, it was um, okay. we the older company would bring in leads and um, one. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah, the agency. Yeah. It was entre presentations at the time. Yeah. It was it would bring in companies who wanted presentation help and such. Mm-hmm. And we went up to Boston, Millennium. To it was a company called Millennium, which is Takeda Pharmaceuticals now, to pitch what they were asking for. They had slide management problem, mm-hmm. and we had just gotten our first prototype out the door, uh-huh. and we did our old pitch for the PPT shuffle. And then we said, this is what's coming down the pipe. And we pulled out a pad and showed the sidebar and the slide library with it. And they said, that's great. And they became our first client. And today, you know, six years later, they're still an enterprise client, which is, you know, a great thing in SaaS. You know that. And, you yeah, know. of course. That's of course. So was the pricing established or how did, did you just have to kind of do pricing? On we the worked it right out. There? It was Okay. No, we it was worked out in the contract, and and many times when you're a small SaaS company, this is if a client has money to give you, write the contract. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you don't have yeah. business, and a client says, "I've got sixty two hundred dollars," and and you think your product's worth eleven thousand, take Just, the contract. <laughs> yeah, it's and how how do you price something? Oh, well, this is an enterprise uh, package, and we'll. Do custom pricing for you? Is that how you? How well, you, you got to get out the door that way. You you yeah. pick a number in the air. You try to make it easy. We yeah. we said you know ten dollars ten dollars a user per month. We picked a nice rounded thing and and got yeah. it going. We're lucky enough where our clients are enterprise clients, so one customer can have thousands of users, and you so, have okay. one like like U.S. Bank has thousands of users. Royal Caribbean uh-huh. Cruise Line has hundreds of users. Choice yeah. hotels have hundreds of users. We've, uh, we've, we do work for industries across all different, you know, verticals. Is that how you price then? Uh, no, by it's, user? Right, yeah. Yeah. It is basically, now. is it 10 right per now, dollars per user? No, we, we've changed a little bit up right now. We've just gone to, it's free for under 10 users. If okay. you have under 10 users, you can start doing presentation management today. You can drag in your files, structure your library, and start doing corporate storytelling. As it gets to 11, it's $15 per user for the base fee, and uh, enterprise version is $30 a user. Meaning, if you want all the, the reporting and analytics, and there's builder functions, and there's some very unique parent-child relationships between slide updating and things like that in the enterprise version, that's a more okay. costly version. Okay. And so for the, the middle version that's 15, do you care if they have hundreds of users or is there a nope. cap and they move to nope. enterprise? No, it's just nope. limited to features. Then yep. the and, and it's how many users they put in a month. If they took out all their users this month, it would go down to zero. If uh, they okay. added a whole bunch, we... We, okay, so full, you know, yeah. let you manage it. It's okay, that's it, it. It turns into a nice repository for your marketing material because you get to um, all the content. Here, here's the basic tech fundamental thing going on here. All content is formatted to present, meaning when you upload a PowerPoint, it is an album of slides. You see all the images. They're ready to go to go. If you upload a video, it's formatted to present. If you upload images, it's formatted to be a slide. So when you see the image in the library, it's already visualized. And if you just drag it into the slide tray, it automatically repurposes it properly into a new presentation. So slide, image, PDF, video, 
it doesn't matter. It's technology agnostic. Yes, PowerPoint is the majority of the slides created, and that is the content creation tool used for Shuffler primarily. But when you can repurpose marketing materials very easy, you're really saving money for a company because most marketing materials are used once and thrown away. That's true. Yeah, that's a good point. So, so tell me about the growth from uh, in the early the, after you got that first user. How long was it before you could kind of shift from the agency, or what did that happen? He says, "Okay, we have enough now to pit fund." The almost company. four years. Four years. Almost okay. four years. Um, okay. Almost, and 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 really, it was a year and a half ago that that we really started getting over the hump. Okay. Um, so to speak, because it's a right minus wrong in the beginning when you have no revenue and you're spending 25 grand every month, you're getting deeper and deeper. The yeah. moment you start getting revenue, you're still spending 25 grand, but you're only making $1,200 and you're like, holy crap, am I ever going to yeah. get out? And then yeah. 1200 goes to 1800 and then it, it gets to seven or 10 grand and you're like, yeah, we're going way up. And then it stays there for three months and your heart starts sinking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So is that what then, it was? You know was what I mean? Four years. Oh, I know exactly what you mean. Is it four, was four years um, for you to get uh, to twenty five thousand, or is it about oh, thirty thousand? Uh, so? No, we got we hold it. Let's see. It was uh, about so 20, still, 20 grand in the first year. We got to about a hundred grand the second year, which is more like a ten grand a month yeah, in yeah. recurring revenue, which is still yeah. underwater. The third year, we we're I think around thirty or something. 2000 as, as it started ramping up and yeah. I had $25,000 a month as my pegged number. But mm -hmm. as I got to that number, the real number was more like 50. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <But laughs> because you were, as you get to the yeah. number, you have all these other responsibilities that are, you just have to do you. There's no yeah. way you can't do them. They're, they're part of reality. And if you choose to work in New York, it's, it's, you know, punitive. Yeah. So, you know, most of the sales during this time was it is it coming through the agency, uh, and then you're diverting inbound. over to the SaaS. Yes, it was all the inbound. agent. Yeah, yeah, the agency had a long history of of press releases with you know big VPs of sales about how presentations are used to sell and things like that. Discovery Network used them. Mercedes Benz used it. British Airways, Cigna was our clients. Mm -hmm. Just very big global companies have used it, so we had that credibility. Okay, so and that was your lead flow is coming from yes. PR. PR was your ma main source? Or yeah, yeah, it was inbound. Get, it was yeah. inbound. We did a good job of laying the foundation in that area when, when social media was early and the web was early as a mm -hmm. digital company. Mm -hmm. And that attracted people to us who were having this unique problem because, quite frankly, the solutions really didn't come out till a couple of years ago. And yeah. we had been putting out solutions for a long time. So, you know, actually writing a book on the subject gets you a lot of attention. <laughs> you know, yeah. it, it brings in people who are like, I have that problem too. Wow. I didn't think anyone, you know, because believe it or not, in every big company, there's some person who did a really good presentation once. And then two people asked them to do it for them. And then five salespeople asked them. And next thing you know, they're getting requests from 20 people that are all high-end earners make my presentation look good and they're underwater. Those are yeah. the people who seek us out. Uh, okay. So that they can repurpose the presentations quickly. They're all, they're basically all uh, formatted. Mm -hmm. 
Well, their problem is that their their problem is that they're asked to make presentations for people. And they're mm -hmm. like, I have to repurpose this same slide. I used it for John yesterday and now I'm using it for Joe tomorrow. Why can't it just be in library where John and Joe can pick it at their own free will because mm -hmm. I published it properly? And on the same note, when a company merges and brings in a new business, they can publish slides that discuss the new brand and identity and people around the planet in Singapore and London and in you know Switzerland can get that updated slide that morning instantly and be, oh, I understand why we're, why we're working together. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Is it, even now most of your leads are inbound? Yeah, we, we have a sales team at this point that are targeting uh, verticals and things of that nature. But okay. um, yes, we are more of a, a catnip Inbound. type company that way. Okay. <laughs> and are um, you doing I, content marketing too? Did you start with content Yes, marketing? very much so. Yeah, yeah very much okay. so. Writing a book is, is, the found, is really, there's pieces of it we repurpose all the time. And um, okay. I use LinkedIn a lot with, uh, you know, being involved in global sales forces for so long. I have a, a deep network of people who were, how, how do I say, entering managers 20 years ago, and they're now senior VPs of sales for major global companies that, okay. you know, help the depth of that, where if I came through the, the system 20 years earlier, I probably wouldn't still have those connections. But yeah. because LinkedIn came in at a time when it was all there, it it, it multiplied and it, it gave me a, uh, a platform and a positioning yeah. that kind of, you know, I guess built my identity. LinkedIn's everybody's, you know, uh, resume. So, yeah, that's right. What what was what brought about the book? Uh, and when did you write that? Um, I wrote it with my sister. She's the the reading leading writer of it. I'm more the the agitator of all the principles yeah. and everything that goes into it. But um, it was three years ago, and it was based on the premise that. We, I, I had had hundreds of clients, if not thousands through the years, and they're looking for the same, they have the same problem and no one articulated a true like global solution for managing the medium of presentations. Mm -hmm. And we felt that it needed to be articulated because I can't do a, a, a presentation meeting to everyone I meet. Having a book, someone can sit down and read it on a, a flight or something and digest the whole concept because it's not just I'm bailing you out for Thursday's presentation because you're underwater. Hmm. This is a strategy for managing communications for your whole enterprise. Okay. And and was it was that like how long did it take you to write that book? Well, your sister. Your sister Six wrote. months, but Six it's months, really the okay. culmination of twenty years of work. <laughs> Real, I couldn't okay. have written it before, and even after writing it, we're gonna we're embarking on a new version of it that makes it more academic. That someone could go through the steps as opposed to just the intellectual strategy of what's happening to make it more. So someone could sit down and implement the strategy, whether they choose Shuffler or not. Presentation right. management is a strategy for everyone out there. If you've and, ever looked in a library and said, "Hey, I can't find that presentation." You're yeah, probably a candidate yeah. for, I can't find that slide. You're a candidate yeah. for having a system to, to make it better. To make, yeah, that makes sense. And the the book now, is it, I mean, is that where you're getting most of your leads? Is that, or is it, that's just lead gen? I mean, do you basically I can't, give that I can't away tell or? you. I believe it's, I believe the content marketing is a big deal. Uh, the uh -huh. book's for sale on Amazon. We give it away in different areas. We 
help use it to, to make a foundation of information because here's a basic marketing for SaaS companies. This is what I believe. I believe each SaaS category has a category winner. There is a big difference between the person who wins the category and the person who loses it. The difference between number one and two is huge. What's the difference between Amazon and number two? What's the difference between Google and number two? Yeah. What's the difference between Uber and Lyft, which is number two? Like mm -hmm. 10 by valuation. Yeah. It's huge. There's As you start being the category leader, the most difficult challenges in that category get brought to you by the biggest companies. Mm -hmm. Because you're addressing those big challenges, you develop a further knowledge base that pushes you further ahead in your category and leaving the second place person in behind, second place category. So writing the book we felt was the culmination of bringing that knowledge base of the whole category. Because if you're looking for presentation management and you search it, you're going to hit Amazon. You're going to hit our book. And who wrote the book? Who are you going to choose? Yeah. This is about marketing. This is about branding. This is about defining the actual market. Think of Twitter. There was no market for it. There was nothing, but they defined the verbiage. They defined what it was and what they were doing. And now it's a whole category in a way. Yeah. That Shuffler's doing the same thing. There are competitors out there. And I believe that the SaaS model is the best model for everyone over the long term, not a, a plug-in type model and things like that. And uh -huh. We'll yeah. see. Presentation yeah. management is a category that's happening in SaaS. No one like truly owns that. You feel like oh, yeah. you're leading it. Yeah. Oh yeah. You are. Yeah. Okay. I and, mean And is that because in large part because of the book? I mean, would you recommend other SaaS founders write oh, yeah. a book? Well, you, you, you don't would. you don't just write a book to verbally vomit. That's right. not the reason for doing it. You really need to give logic and reason and, and, uh -huh. and someone who sits with it needs to say, Hey, I learned something. Hey, yeah. I wasn't burdened by it. Hey, I can pull pieces out of it and use them as social media posts with quotes and things that are really compelling and, and reasonable. Mm -hmm. I'll give you a quote that I've learned through the years. Presentations in the past have always forced conversation, right? Mm -hmm. Tomorrow, I'm going to do a presentation slide one through five. That's what we're talking about. Don't talk about slide seven. I wasn't prepared to. Yeah. In today's world, presentations follow conversation. If you brought up you were from Switzerland, I could quickly bring up a slide about Switzerland and have the presentation follow the conversation. Yeah. Here's an example of that in today's world. You have a cell phone. I have a cell phone. We just met today. And you introduced yourself and you said, hey, I'm in Switzerland. I said, you know, I've traveled there once and I'm planning on going again. At the same time, I'm thinking about my cell phone and the pictures in my cell phone and my picture of me on Lake Geneva. And I pull that picture up and I turn around and I show it to you. Mm -hmm. That is yeah. a presentation following the conversation. That picture yeah. is a full screen slide. Every device is formatted like a slide. The world used to, used to read in a vertical um, format. The world now reads in a slide format. Corporate yeah. financials used to be published in books and printed material. They're now delivered on devices in a landscape format. There's a fundamental change in content and the way it's delivered that's gone on. And I believe presentation management kind of identifies it and brings out the best of it. So would you, would you say that the, uh, the book has really 
brought you most of your success? Would you say it's your being your single best piece of marketing? Uh, um, it doesn't work on its own in the in the in the world. I, I don't rely on one thing, but I think it is a tentpole item that allows the whole party to be okay. under. It's sort of the it, lead. Is it sort of the lead in your in your marketing funnel, and then you you're bringing people in through mm -hmm. blog posts, and you've, you're outbound with your sales team. But the book is right. giving you authority. It seems to me that's like that's the word authority. Yeah. Yeah, it seems to me like it's been a very successful piece of, of I, I mean, basically, would you recommend uh, other SaaS found if they have niched down their content, you know, their market well yes. enough so that they can, 100%. you know, write a book on it, become an authority, uh, it's, you know. Well, if you, if you have a SaaS business, a SaaS business is nothing but a workflow. Every right. SaaS business is some sort of workflow in, in way. And a That's workflow right. is a system. Mm -hmm. And a system has to be able to be articulated somehow, some way. Yeah. And the only way for people to really understand your system is if you give them a way to sit down and fully digest it. Yeah. And not everyone sits and listens to demos and soaks up everything. Some people curl up on a bed and read things. Some people like to put it down and pick it up. And some, you know what I mean? You, you need to give the information, but the book does give authority and it does give expertise and it allows someone in a big company to say, well, they wrote the book on the subject. That's why I picked them. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. the old, you don't want to go with a new company because it's scary. What happens if they don't make it? Mm -hmm. So you have to project leadership because if yeah. you don't do it, someone else will write it in the category and they'll go, you'll go into the meeting and they'll go, it's like that book presentation management. Think of my competitor putting the word presentation management over there and referring to my book <laughs> to, to help the yeah. client understand why they're selling them their, their service. Yeah, that makes sense. It seems to me that, that Shuffler would have done well in COVID because due to the virtual nature of trying to sell during the last pen, you know, these last months in the pandemic, did your business, was, was it, uh, was it um, helped by COVID? Overall, yes. Yeah. In the very beginning, we lost 20% of our business almost right off the bat. We had a strong hospitality component. We had okay. a strong convention oh, component. Because we were on we the cruise ships. That yeah. cruise yeah, yeah. ships, hotels. Yeah. Um, we have clients in all those industries also in the convention. Down. They were like, yeah. no, we can't do that. We have to shut That's down right. all our costs. We, we actually offered the, our product for free to a lot of those clients during that period of time. And they came uh -huh. back and at the end of the year and signed new contracts going forward. We let are it, you, we let are it Are you writing to them now, trying to get them back? How's your marketing? I brought to both them them. I didn't let them go. Oh, I gave it to okay. them for free and I, not a, a lot of them left. Some of like convention business, they were like, listen, we don't have 10,000 people coming there and 20 people speaking. I'm yeah. not collecting presentations. So I appreciate it, but we did lose a lot. However, our existing clients, well, we found also a lot of people weren't making decisions to buy things new at that time, but all, almost all of our existing big clients increased their user count and grew considerably. And some gave us multiple consulting contracts to add extra features. Mm -hmm. And that's the other key thing for a SaaS business, if I can give any, any advice out there. Almost every feature has been built and designed and written in a statement of work, which some client reached in their pocket and gave a little extra jingle to make it work.
Okay, so they were so you, you they would basically come to you and be like, I really needed to do this, and you would be, you know, we will do that for you, but you need in order we need to see some commitment, pay for twelve months in advance or something like that. Exactly. The premise was if the pro, if the feature costs us twelve months of of the contract, mm-hmm. then we would do the feature this month, sign the contract, and you know make it like you know, 60 days deliverable, they'll f- see the feature in the software because they signed an annual contract. And okay. in turn, we took just the money up yeah. front, built the work and and just kept running on that type of thing. Did you care Almost, if other customers wanted it or was it just or, or always conceptual, conceptualize it in so that maybe, you know, it was sort of a, a configuration that if you wanted that feature, you had to sort of drill down to get it or was there, I mean, how did you handle that? So that, you know, this was probably one of the Frankenstein, you know, it's one of the problems. One of our big mistakes, if I could give advice to a SaaS founder is, is the value equation of your features and functions Mm -hmm. we put in a big bundle Mm -hmm. while nice and everything, as you grow and get bigger, the only way to extract real value is to be able to segregate those features and functions and put them into a a, like you said, a panel that you turn them on and, and give them a cost structure, i.e. a SKU, a, an item on the shelf. Mm-hmm. Um, in so doing, gives you the ability to grow properly. You can't, not everyone likes everything. I, w- I, wouldn't, I wasn't able to give away a free product without doing that. I wasn't able to have a tiered team view versus an enterprise view without doing that. And mm-hmm. since I didn't do that in the very beginning, I had I had very good growth, very consistent up to a certain point, and it started flattening out for a, a, a fair amount of time. And how should I say? It's the difference between I have a product; it's thirty dollars a piece. I just picked that number, and the more you, you the more you want, the less it costs. Right? That's yeah. a traditional thing. I've got it. You want a lot more? I sell it to you wholesale. Mm-hmm. In this model. I've got a product, it's $10. If you want more of it, it's $20. Yeah. So you flip the value equation so that clients are paying more for the value as opposed to paying less for the more value. That basic balance for a SaaS company is critical, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, just it's, it, it, is, it, it makes all the difference in the world. Otherwise you, keep, otherwise, you keep charging less for the product and you can never go up. In this environment, you can start going up, add new features, give it a new value equation, and suddenly get a lot Change more like- pricing, yeah. That's right. How does Salesforce get $1,500 a year per user? That's like huge. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, how do you climb up to that when they're doing By it for- features, uh, yeah, that makes sense. You know what I mean? Oh, oh yeah. we've, we've got that whole thing over here, but that's not part of it. You can jump up to the enterprise. It yeah. gives a different value equation. It allows your company to charge for the value. It also allows your client to say, you know, I don't value that, but this is good enough for me, and I'm glad to get it. What appears to be less expensive. Yeah. And how is how is the um, how's the conversion rate going from your freemium to the mid tier, and then to up to the enterprise? How how is the conversion just rate? happening right now? Oh, it's it's it, just uh, it's this year I've been free- rolling that out, and by this okay. summer it's. It's it's there, so I don't I don't have real data on that. Okay. As of the yet. freemium, you mean you just introduced the, the free model? Yep. Yep. Okay. Two months but, ago. Okay. No conversion rates on how that's being accepted, though. 
I mean, um, like it's growing. People page. are using it. We're still like, how should I say? 95% of our money comes from 5% of Enterprise. our price. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All, all, most of the small ones are there to market, to understand, to get going. Believe it mm -hmm. or not, the small ones with no name end up signing up for a new site under a big name, mm -hmm. meaning the CTO of Citibank doesn't want to call a small company like me. Mm -hmm. But someone in their office might set up a site with their Google address, set up a test, start using it three months later, call up and say, hi, we're from Citibank. We want to have a review. Mm -hmm. And we get on the phone and we start telling them, they're like, oh, we know all about it. We're this site. Da, 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 da. And suddenly you saw, see how the, the, that happens over in. and over again. Like, mm -hmm. like, so we, 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 like I said, I don't. I, I'm not. I'm not a hundred percent confident in all my data that's come in that way yeah. to, to speak with any confidence. No, um, fair enough. It's a new, new, relatively new model for you, but that's good. Yeah. Um, we're, we're getting close to the end of our yeah, hour. Right. Uh, I wanted to thank you for your time. How can obviously people can go to Shuffler? We'll have that in the show notes. If somebody wants to reach out to you, um, how can they reach out to you? Any way through Shuffler, contact us. Support at Shuffler. Okay. Um, Say, you can you James. can send me something on LinkedIn. I'm there. Okay. Send me a direct link. You can find me at any of the social media. I'm yeah, hesitant to give out my personal email, but uh, that's you know. Yeah, that's right. I wouldn't do um, that. But you go, you know, shuffler.com, S-H-U-F-F-L-R-R, -R, and yeah, you can reach any of us, and our people are there to help you out. And okay, great. Well, thank you so much for your time today, James. Thank you, Jordy. It's a pleasure to be on uh, your Big Break software so show. I hope this is my big break. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I'm sure. It sounds like you've already had your big break, right? Oh, big breaks are overwritten. You you, you work very hard and you keep running and running and running. Yeah. And, and the big break happens looking back and going, gosh, I wish I was still running. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. Great. All right. Okay. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Big Break Software Podcast with your host, Jordy Wardman. Be sure to click subscribe and check us out on the web. Keep listening and your software Big Break could be right around the corner. <laughs>